Welcome to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. This is Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. People call me PG, and I'm so honored to lead this amazing ministry that is really trying hard to glorify God. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Matter of fact, go to our website, tbcaugusta.org. You can find out about all the wonderful things that we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God at our church. Matter of fact, you can also give through Secure Give, Giveify. We pray that you will partner with us as we once again do all that God calls us to be. Well, let's get into that word and that experience. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. Everybody who came standing all over the sanctuary as we look to God in prayer. God, we are grateful and thankful that over the course of another week, you've kept us. You've sustained us. You've been good to us. So we come into this place today to give you all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise for you and you alone deserve it. Father, thank you for the men of this congregation. Thank you for what they mean to you, to this church, to their families and this communities. God, we need to hear a word from you. Speak a word now, Father, that changes and transforms us, equips and empowers us so that we'll run on a little while longer to see what ends you have in store for us. It's in the strong name of Jesus the Christ we do pray and we all said together, amen. Well, is there anybody who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Put your hands together and give God praise. Would you help me celebrate God for your pastor, my big brother, the Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman, Jr. Amen, amen. Well, listen, it is not my intention to belabor the point because I have exactly 4.3 million services to preach today. So I want to jump quickly into the word of God, but I am so appreciative and grateful for the opportunity to stand and to share. Sister Lambeck, good to see you as well. Good to see you. So grateful to God for this opportunity to stand. Grab your Bibles as we go to Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to read few fairly familiar passages of scripture to us, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. I'll be reading from the New International Version of the text. There you'll find recorded these words, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Amen. I'd like to tag this first message of the day, the power to keep going. The power to keep going. You may be seated even in the presence of God. The power to keep going. Several months ago, I was traveling from the Atlanta area to a conference in Birmingham. 
Dr. Goodman, I had my phone set up. I had my uh, GPS set up because the, the, uh, the trip from Atlanta to Birmingham isn't one you want to get lost along the way. Uh, because for me, what I know of Birmingham or what I've read in the history books and, and the civil rights struggles, and I said, if there's any place I don't want to be lost, I don't want to mess around and be lost in Birmingham. Put my GPS on, got off to get some gas, made a wrong turn, and ended up in an area where my cell phone signal faded, and as a result, my GPS signal faded as well. Y'all, I was jacked up. I was on my way from Atlanta to Birmingham with no cellular signal because of a wrong turn that I had made. And now here I am trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate from Atlanta to Birmingham with no cell service and no GPS service. So I stopped at a convenience station, stopped there. The convenience store spoke to the clerk. The clerk said, oh, brother, this is an easy easy trip for you. I said, okay. He said, you're going to go out of here. You're going to make a left. You're going to make a right and then just keep going. I, I, the, the instructions seemed simple enough. So I did exactly what the brother told me to do and kept going along the journey. But he didn't tell me that there wouldn't be a building, a sign, a street light, or anything for miles and miles of the journey. So y'all, I got nervous because I told you, you don't want to be lost on the trip from Atlanta to Birmingham. So I got frustrated and stopped and asked another clerk. I said, I need to understand exactly how I get to Birmingham. That clerk looked at me and he said, uh, uh, tell me what you do for a living, sir. That's not important this morning. I need you to help me understand how I get from Atlanta to Birmingham. He said, would you tell me what you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, oh, Rev, this is easy. This is easy. All you have to do is get back on the road that you were on and keep going. I looked at him. I was frustrated. I need more instructions than this. There has to be something else you can offer me. And he simply says, Reverend, get on the road and keep going. I got back on the road. I traveled another stretch of time. I become, became frustrated again because I wasn't seeing any signs, Dr. Goodman, that I was getting any closer to Birmingham than I was when I left Atlanta. So I stopped a third time. I asked that clerk. I said, listen, everybody that I've talked to has given me the instruction to get on this road and just keep going. I said, but I need some indication that I'm headed in the right direction. He says, I promise you, sir, if you get on this road, he said, tell me where you're trying to go in the city. I said, I'm trying to get to the convention center downtown. He says, oh, I've got even better news for you. Once you get on this road, you don't even have to make a turn off of this road. If you just keep going, this road runs runs you right into the convention center. Y'all, I decided to stop being disobedient. I got back on the road, kept going, and sure enough, I ran right into the convention center. Uh, all of a sudden, when I parked at the convention center, I felt the Spirit tap me on my shoulder, and the Spirit said to me, do you see what happens when you find it within yourself to just keep going? 
I believe that's what the Apostle Paul is attempting to teach here in this second letter to the church at Corinth because Paul is now speaking to the church at Corinth some 56 years following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When, when Paul wrote his first letter to the church at Corinth, they had been going through some divisive issues and problems. So Paul comes along to urge them to put God's glory first and to love one another. Uh, but Paul understood that he wasn't the only person competing for their attention and putting something in their ear. So, so Paul comes for a second visit and a member of the church at Corinth opposes Paul's position as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul said, I don't have time to deal with this. He leaves and he then sends Titus back to Corinth with a letter telling the people that you have to uh, get yourselves together, follow the faith that you now profess. And it says, as a result of this, when Paul uh, comes back for a, another visit, the folks who had opposed Paul repented for their opposition of his ministry and his work. Paul said, I have come to the place, I've come to the understanding that I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing what God has called me to do. If I'm going to become the best version of myself, I've got to learn to keep going in the face of critique and criticism and opposition. And I stopped by to tell somebody this morning, Paul isn't the only person that knows what it is to experience opposition. Paul isn't the only person that knows what it is to want to throw in the towel. Paul isn't the only one who knows what it is to want to give up sometimes. But I know that I have a few witnesses in the sanctuary at 7.15 on a Sunday morning who can testify that I've had some times when I wanted to give up. I've had some times when I wanted to throw in the towel, but thanks be unto God that he gives me the strength and the power to just keep going. That, that, that's really, that's really, there are these doctrinal statements for us as, as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ called the articles of faith. There are these doctrinal statements. They're really short sentences that capture, that summarize what we believe. Uh, Dr. Goodman, I believe that the article that applies here is what we call the perseverance of the saints. It's the perseverance of the saints. That, that says that we believe that those whom God has chosen never fall away from grace. But he gives us the strength to persevere to the end. And even though we may fall and we may slip, the beauty is he loves us so much that he will renew us and he will keep us through our faith in him. I ain't got much time today. Y'all gonna have to catch this thing quick. It says uh, that we can persevere because we are always connected to grace that won't let us fall completely away from God. And even though we may fall and every now and then we may stumble and there will be times where we miss the mark. We are always empowered to keep going and to keep pressing forward. Here's all I'm really trying to shape for us this first service is that each of us have to recognize the power we have been given to keep going even in the face of everything that life throws our direction. 
We, we, we've been given power to keep going uh, but because despite our human frailties, there is nothing that blocks God's grace from empowering us to press on, to keep going so that we can overcome life's challenges and become the best version of ourselves. And that's really why we ought to take advantage of this Thanksgiving season because all of us ought to be able to thank God that he gave us enough strength to keep going in the face of some stuff that we thought was going to consume us all of us in the sanctuary have had some moments when we wanted to give up but God kept putting us back together and God kept holding us together so we wouldn't fall apart in the middle of what was happening all of us have had some moments that we don't want plastered on the front page of the local newspaper but God said don't stop here don't give up now I want you to keep going because I want to make you into the best version of who I've called you to be and you ought to be able to take a moment early on a Sunday morning and give God praise because even though I didn't deserve the grace to keep going even though I couldn't buy the grace to keep going even though I hadn't earned the grace to keep going God gave me strength and he gave me power not to let go but to tie a knot in the rope and to keep holding on is there anybody in the room who can shout that's my testimony I've been in some things but God said keep going I've experienced some challenges but God said keep going can I get any brothers in the room who can shout back at your boy and declare even when I wanted to let go even when the responsibility was too much and the pressure was about to overtake me I felt Jesus tap me on my shoulder and say don't give up brother just keep going so 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 how do we know how do we know that we have the power to keep going I present my three points to you today then I'll be out of your way first the reason we know uh, that we have the power to keep going is because we are carrying more than we realize we are carrying more than we realize look at what verse 7 says there it says but we have this treasure <laughs> in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us we have this treasure uh, some of us King James version saints would know we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us in some translations of the Bible Paul says we have this precious treasure. What is he talking about? He's talking about the gospel of salvation in earthen, ordinary vessels. It's, it was interesting to me, Dr. Goodman, that Paul calls the vessels carrying the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, nothing more than earthen, broken, simple jars of clay. Here, Paul uses an analogy that people are familiar with to paint a larger picture because the people in Corinth are familiar with these earthen jars of clay, uh, which Paul is now referencing. These, these earthen vessels, these cheap pots, uh, they, they were common uh, in almost every home in the, among the Corinthians because they were inexpensive, but because they were inexpensive, they were also easily broken. Typically, once the jar had cracked or was broken, it was to be thrown away. 
<laughs> this thing going to make me shout. Uh, so he says that we have the gospel of Jesus Christ in an earthen vessel, in jars of clay. So he's talking about the fact that God has deposited the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, into nothing more than cheap, thin jars of clay. But here's what struck me. Typically, once the jars got a crack in them, they had to be discarded and thrown away. But I know I'm looking at a sanctuary with at least two or three hundred jars of clay that even though you got some cracks in you, no, he didn't throw you away. And he didn't throw you away because you're carrying a precious treasure deep down on the inside of you. This thing made me shout because he says, uh, uh, I'm not going to throw the jar away. I'm going to deposit the gospel of Jesus Christ into some cheap, thin, cracked jars and pots. He says, but whenever you experience a crack, I'm not going to throw you away. I'm just going to remind you of the power that you are carrying on the inside of who you are Paul suggests that what we are carrying the good news that the, the salvation of the world is too valuable for him to allow our issues as a jar to make him throw the power away he says God puts his powerful work of salvation in these cheap cracked jars because God wants to make sure that the jars don't start to believe our own hype and think it's about us and not about him. He says instead God uses something that doesn't always look as good as it should to carry the gospel so that when people see dust, the earthen vessel when people see us they won't be drawn to us because they recognize that we're nothing more than cheap jars of clay he says they won't be drawn to the vessel they'll be drawn to what the vessel is carrying and that's really why some of us who come to church shouldn't be as arrogant and self-centered and as opinionated as we are because the fact of the matter is all of us sitting in the sanctuary this morning are nothing more than an earthen, cracked, thin, cheap jar of clay. But is there anybody who can testify I look like nothing more than an earthen vessel but I thank God that my shout ain't in what I look like and my shout ain't in who I am but my shout is in the fact that God has put something deep down on the inside of me and if he's put something on the inside of me I'm not going to throw myself away I'm going to keep going so that everybody in the world can see his great gospel that they can come to know Jesus I don't care who you are I don't care how much money you have I don't care how many degrees you have I don't care where you retired from I don't care how great you think you are can I tell you something you're nothing more than a cheap cracked jar that is carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ and the fact that you are in this place today with all that you have been through is a testimony that you don't have to give up now because you've already seen God do too much for you and the reason God did it for you is because he loved you and the reason he put something on the inside of you is because he saved you and it doesn't matter how many cracks I have and it doesn't matter how many times I want to fall apart can I tell you something that the spirit just gave me every crack in the jar makes it easier for people to see what's on the inside of you 
so I can learn to shout about the moments where it feels like I'm cracking under the pressure because every crack that is produced makes it easier for people to look beyond who I am and to see the Jesus on the inside of me. Slap five with your neighbor if you don't mind and tell your neighbor you're carrying more than you realize. You've got more than you could ever imagine on the inside of you. Shout back at your boy and shout, I can keep going. You can keep going because you're carrying more than you realize. Secondly, secondly, you can keep going because you always have an alternative reality. You always have an alternative reality. Look at, look at the last part of verses 8 and 9. He says, catch it, catch it. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. <laughs> we are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. See, one of the things I tell my folk in Marietta all the time is that you've got to learn how to read the Bible slowly enough so that you understand what it's saying. And it'll really shout you just on reading it. Because as I was initially reading these verses, I thought that it was highlighting the frustration and the tension that Paul was experiencing. But then I stopped to really see what Paul was saying. And I said, Paul isn't focusing on the frustration and the tension. Paul is focusing on the alternative reality that exists even in the middle of some frustration and some tension. Watch, watch, watch. Look what he says. He says, I'm hard pressed. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. I'm struck down. That's what he says. That's what he, and I said, hold on, wait a minute, Paul. You're hard-pressed. You're perplexed. You're persecuted. You're struck down. Now, I got to be honest with you all. I love, I love God, and I'm sure most of y'all are more saved than I am, but if I was going through all of that, I'd quit. I tell them, y'all can have this church. I'm going to go get me a nine to five if I'm hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. But Paul doesn't stop there. He digs a little deeper, and, and when, when you dig a little deeper, you understand that he's not focusing on the frustration and the tension of it. But look what he says. He says, we are squeezed on every side, but my alternative reality is I'm not crushed. He says, I'm unsure of how this thing is going to play out and how I'm going to get out of it, but I'm not without hope that there is most certainly a way out of this. He says, I'm being hunted, but I am not by myself. He says, I'm being knocked down, but I'm not destroyed to the point where I can't get back up. Y'all, I'm going to say it to you. He says, I'm being squeezed on every side, but the squeezing is not crushing me. He says, I'm unsure of how it's going to happen, but I do have hope that God will do it. He says, I'm being hunted by my enemies and my foes, but I'm not by myself as I'm facing the enemies and the foes. He says, I'm being knocked down at every turn, but I'm not being knocked down to the point where I don't have the ability to get back up and to keep going. Paul says we can hear the celebration that even though life has knocked him down, it didn't knock him out and he's still able to function and to keep going. 
going. Come here, what am I trying to say to you? You're going to have some moments where it feels like you're being squeezed, but I want you to know that's not your reality. That's just what you are experiencing. Your reality is even while you are being squeezed, you are not being crushed. There are going to be moments where you feel like you don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, what God's going to do, what blessing God's going to send your way. But you're never without hope and assurance that God will make a way. I thought I was going to get more of y'all than that. I know I got some 715 saints who can testify. I didn't know how he was going, going to do it. And I didn't know when he was going to do it. But the reason I'm in church today is because just in the nick of time, God showed up and did what only God can do. Slap your neighbor for me real quick and tell him, are you in church on a Sunday morning? When the time the preacher tells you, I didn't know how God was going to do it, but God showed up and did just what he wanted to do what I needed him to do when he wanted it to do it. And my testimony, y'all excuse me, I ain't trying to jerk a, jerk a cheap shout, but my testimony is he may not come when you want him, but is there anybody who can throw your head back and shout, he's always on time. I need somebody to know that wherever you are, it is not enough to make you stop, brother. It's not enough to make you give up. It's not enough to make you walk away from your family. Why? Because you always have the hope that God is working another reality for you behind the scenes and even though you can't see what he's working behind the scenes it doesn't mean that he's not working something behind the scenes is there anybody who can testify I know what it is for God to be doing some stuff behind the curtain that other folk can't see while I'm standing on the stage but the beauty is when God pulls back the curtains and begins to unravel the production that he has created for you you can testify that it was what I needed to keep going I'm almost done I'm almost done I appreciate you all bearing with me for my Sunday school lesson may the Lord God bless you real good I have exactly 48 more services to go so I've got to pace myself so you can keep going because you're carrying more than you realize you can keep going because you always have an alternative reality. Can, can I give you this? Uh, you can keep going because there's a blessing no matter what reality you are facing. There's a blessing no matter what reality you are facing. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed. Paul, hold on, wait a minute. I need, you, I need you to unpack this for me, Paul. We carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed. Paul discusses this notion of carrying both realities of Christ in our bodies, in who we are every day. He says we carry crucifixion and resurrection. Am I in a Baptist church? We carry crucifixion and resurrection in our bodies at the same time. Paul suggests that we have to experience both realities to be fully empowered to keep going. The reality is we oftentimes want to run in the face of circumstances that appear to represent crucifixion. 
We have a tendency to want to quit, to give up, when life causes us to experience pain, sorrow, and frustration. When we run up against crucifixion-like circumstances, we feel like God isn't being fair to us, or God is attempting to punish us or work against us. And if we're honest, sometimes it makes us want to stop, throw in the towel, and give up. But if you're going to become the best version of who God created, called, designed, and destined you to be, you have to understand that there is a blessing whether you are experiencing what feels like the death of some things in your life or whether you are experiencing the joy of what appears to be God birthing and giving life to resurrection-like circumstances. He says because the blessing of crucifixion, the death in our bodies, is that it makes room for God to birth something new. It makes room for resurrection to happen. And the blessing of resurrection is that it proves that death and things dying and being taken from us doesn't have the final say. He says the blessing of things dying, God pruning and cutting some things from us. That's the death part of Jesus that we carry in us. He says it is literally coming in to make room for the new that God wants to bless you with. He said, and the blessing of resurrection is that it proves that what you lost wasn't the totality of what God has the ability to provide and do in your life because resurrection says that he gets up with what? All power in his hands. And can I tell you something? The same power that got Jesus up out of the grave is available to us and at work in our lives. I'm almost done. Let me see if I can make this thing plain. Uh, Dr. Goodman, several weeks ago, my wife decided out of nowhere it was time for us to redecorate our bedroom. I, in my opinion, there was nothing wrong with the furniture that's currently in our bedroom. But I, if I got any brothers in the room on a men's day, you understand that when the wife says it's time to redecorate the bedroom, I said, baby, which store are we going to? So, so, so we went out, we went out to a, a furniture store and I'm in there trying to figure out again in my mind, why do we need to redecorate our bedroom. She said, babe, don't worry about that. You just let me pick the set. I need you to focus on the furniture that is already in our bedroom. I said, hold on, wait a minute. What do you mean you need me to focus on the furniture that's already in the bedroom? She says, it's in my way. Now, I don't, I don't mean no harm, but I worked hard to buy the furniture that's already in the room. And she tells me that what I worked hard to buy the first time is now in her way. But, 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 but Pastor Goodman, she said something that blessed me. She said, in order for me to get the new, I need you to move the old out of the way. So that it can make room for what I'm about to get. I said, girl, you don't even know what you are. A preacher ought to give you a license. And because I stopped by to tell somebody in here today, you can keep going. Even in the face of some things that feel like crucifixion. Because really what it's saying is God is pruning and cutting some things away from you. So that it can make room for what he wants to do next. You want to become the best version of yourself. You got to let God take some stuff off of you. And you got to let God cut some stuff away from you. 
from you and you gotta be okay with some folk walking out on you because all they are doing is making room for God to give new life to something else that he wants to do I know I want to be able to tell you that God is going to do it and it's not going to require that you lose anything but that's not what Paul says Paul says I've got to carry a little death in the body which means I've got to be willing to let go of some things I've got to be willing to keep going without some friends and some family but the shout is God's going to give me something in its place I'm done may the Lord God bless you real good but is there anybody in the sanctuary today who can testify I'm gonna keep going no matter what comes my way I know it may look bleak and dark right now but I still believe that Jesus has the ability to give resurrection and new life to whatever I'm experiencing come on grab your neighbor by the hand and shake it like you're trying to shake it off and tell them be not dismayed whatever be tired is there anybody who can shout God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide God will take care of you slap five with somebody else and shout just keep going just keep going just keep going because soon and very soon it doesn't matter what it looks like right now I believe that God has a blessing with your name on it if you just keep going keep on running and never give up because the Lord will bring you out somebody shout yes somebody shout yes somebody shout yes somebody shout yes come on and give God glory Let's give God some praise. Touch somebody and tell them, keep on going, keep on going. That's the wrong neighbor. Find you somebody else and tell them, keep on going. As we stand together, what an amazing, powerful word to be reminded that, yes, we may be squeezed together, but we're not crushed. And I ought to have some broken jars in here that can testify God has been keeping us as we stand today we want to extend the invitation what an awesome opportunity for us to respond to the word of God every time the word of God is preached is it a chance it is a moment of reflection um, preaching is not for entertainment but it is for empowerment it literally is an invitation for a closer walk with Jesus and if you're here today and we want to never want to assume that all of us are in the same place in our relationship with Christ. Now listen, discipleship matures us and grows us, but it takes the initial step to be closer to him. And if you're here today and have not made that step, listen, I want you to know uh, it's the greatest decision one can make is to be connected to Jesus Christ. And that is the aim and the will of all of us who are believers because we know that we know, that we know, that we know. So if you're here once again, we want to give you the opportunity, even those who viewing us via our live stream, you have that precious privilege to be able to connect with Christ. Do me a favor. This is the evangelism moment of church. Turn to somebody next to you. You may know him and you may not know him. And say, neighbor, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? That might be the most important question you can ask anybody. Do they know Jesus? 
And if someone does not know him, we would love for you to come and share. We would love to have this opportunity to give you the greatest news you can know. That is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, maybe there's someone say, well, Pastor, I'm saved. But I don't have a church home. Church home is important. Your church participation and attendance and connectivity is significant. I want you to know, please don't allow the world to fool us to think that we don't need the church. Well, the reality is we need the church. Amen. The church is the body of Christ. It is uh, the bride of Christ. And so it's important for us to gather. If you're here today do not have a church home, we would absolutely love to have you in this place. We believe that God is doing some extraordinary special things here in this house well we're all saved we're all together grab someone by the hand let's pray together as we ask God to grace us father we love you and we bless you we thank you again for this privilege to come into this sacred space to honor you again and because you are a God that keeps us when we can't keep ourselves so Lord we pray for every brother in the house we thank you for this men's weekend for all of us who shared in a very special and profound way and Lord we ask that you would once again allow us to stay committed to the work that you are doing now God bless us we thank you for this preacher we ask that you would give him preaching and teaching power all the day long even in his absence bless his church back there in Marietta we thank you for them allowing their pastor to come our way and bless us and share with us so now God continue to have your way this is our prayer in Jesus name we pray amen put those hands together let's honor God today amen where the brothers at in the house where the brothers at in the house God bless you Amen. We got some amazing men, part of our church, an amazing time of our retreat. And once again, we are going to do a special prayer for our brothers all day long. Uh, and we salute them. To all the veterans, where the veterans are in the house, we su salute you. And we thank God for your service. Amen. We thank God for your service. And we appreciate all that God has done and kept you and sustained you. Thank you for the sacrifice you make uh, so that we can uh, once again operate in the liberty that has been afforded to us. Amen. We got a couple things that's coming up this month. Continue uh, to keep that on your radar because it's important, especially when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner and worship with the pastor. Also our toy land. Uh, how many coming back to fall fire this week? Amen. What an amazing time. Pastor Mike McClure blessed us in an amazing way. Well, we're going to let you go. Uh, so glad uh, Pastor Sammy Downs from my home. He went to A&T. He's from High Point, North Carolina, but he also uh, pastors uh, one of our members, amen, Sister Lambeck's daughter and their family. Uh, that's his, their church there in Marietta. So we're grateful for them and we celebrate them. Lift those hands. Repeat after me. Say, because I've been blessed, I'm going to be a blessing. Hug somebody and tell them, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Don't forget, go by our website, tbcaugusta.org, there to see all that we got going on. And also, I thank you in advance for your benevolence and your gift that helps us promote the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to see you come back. Check us out later. Love you much. Take care. Peace.